So I'm really happy to have my pal Tyler Smith back on. It's been a long time since we've talked to him. He's a film critic, a college professor in L.A. He's written for a lot of outlets, uh, and he runs a, uh, a co-host of podcast, Battleship Pretension, uh, which recently, recently put out the book, The 101 Best Films of the 2010s. But he's made a documentary called Real Redemption, which is about religion in films. It got a rave review from Christian Toto at Hollywood in Toto. Uh, here is a trailer. The story of the church's relationship with Hollywood is long, complicated, and even a little melodramatic. This is my church! The Bible, of course, is terrific, but for millions of people, pictures will be their reference point for the story. While faith is a difficult concept to nail down visually, the impact of faith is not. I want to compare faith to running in a race. It's hard. To show God is to limit him. So when depicting God, the filmmaker has his work cut out for him. Yes, why do we have to have evil? Ah. I think it's something to do with free will. The intersection of faith and film is more active, more aggressive, and more alive than ever before. Why now? Tyler Smith, it's good to see you. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. How are you? All right. I, congratulations on that great review from uh, Christian. Oh, Dota. thank you very much. So I, yeah, I, it's been, rev- it's, it's actually been reviewed by a number of outlets. Only one, uh, had a ne- had some bad stuff to say about it, which is movie guide, which is a, a Christian outlet. But you know what, based on other stuff I've seen, I feel like I win. Yeah. And, and they, they have a very narrow point of view. I mean, they, they want very specific things. And, and you have always said that, just because it's Christian doesn't mean it's good. And apparently in this documentary, <laughs> put, that, put that forward. Um, but Hollywood, Hollywood has always had a kind of tense relationship with religion, right? I mean, this is, this is an actual yeah. history. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the film is split up basically into two halves. The first half is sort of history. And then the second half is for lack of a better term analysis. Um, and so it's just talking about the, the, the yeah, Tense is a good word for it. The tense uh, or at least tenuous relationship between Hollywood and the church, which can mean in this case, the Catholic church, the Christian church, that sort of thing. Um, And then probably, I mean, honestly, probably around the 1960s or 70s is when it started to kind of split because of, I mean, I don't want to go through the entire history because everything leads to everything else. But um, essentially, Hollywood, in an attempt to pull people away from television, they made some some major stylistic changes, like really embracing color and a different aspect ratio, that kind of thing. But the the thing that they realize is like, well, you know what? Like, when it comes to just uh, what we can feature from a content standpoint, we've all just been agreeing not to incorporate sexuality, profanity, stuff like that. Whereas the, whereas TV is required not to do that. So, you know Mm. what, let's just drop this and embrace the rating system and we'll bring people in. And that's absolutely what happened. And then there was really, and the church felt, and of course it's silly to talk about the church as one monolithic thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking broadly, but like the church felt a little bit uh, betrayed and felt like, well, we've always been sort of catered to. uh, So why aren't you doing it now? And then they say like, well, it's just about money. It's like, well, it's about money to a certain extent, but some filmmakers also really appreciated that level of, of freedom, like a Martin Scorsese and, and that sort of thing. So there's, there's so many reasons, but yes, it definitely parted ways probably around the 60s or 70s. And, and it d- does seem to me that at some point, Hollywood actually 
had had respect for actual religious content. So uh, Bing Crosby could be a, a lovable priest, and um, you know yeah. the the uh, the pictures about like Ben Hur was a very very respectful picture about uh, the Christ, where you never see his face, and there were oh, there was all kinds of religious content which seemed to be made almost by, if not by religious people, at least for religious people. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, because there, because if, if nothing else, like Hollywood and there are, there are multiple reasons, but like Hollywood loves spectacle and Hey, the Bible is, is a big spectacle. So it's yeah. like, let's, let's have Ben Hur. Let's have like the 10 commandments and stuff like that. Uh, because that gives us the opportunity to like really have big movies. And that's another, and even though that goes back to the silent era, like that's another thing that they have over TV or theater or something like that. Um, but yeah, and then then sensibilities shift. And and I do think that within Hollywood, I think there was a respect for the audience because there had to be. And then after a certain point, they realized, especially again, like in the 1960s, when they realized like we we should try to go for a younger audience. I think they I think they uh, sort of opted out of that. And whatever potential hostility was there maybe became a little bit more to the forefront and that's sort of where it has has stayed and it's mutual absolutely well you know it's it's funny i, I was looking recently at, at the number of biblical films that were made bef- right before the passion of the christ mel gibson's smash hit yeah and there weren't there just weren't that many they and they almost stopped making biblical films what did gibson's film change I, I mean, it's it's so much stuff like it's the it's the the model, the release model, because he made it independently and he distributed it independently. And of course, independently has to be in quotes because he was extremely wealthy, but he did. He did it independent of major studios, um, but it's certainly something he could he could afford. Um, but uh, but yeah, and it's I think it's just. What really changed it was there was a a lot of the story around the movie, like shopping it to studios and it being rejected and all that sort of thing. Um, and so that really sets up from a, from a marketing standpoint, standpoint, from a publicity standpoint, it sets up the us versus them. Mm. And there's this idea and it still, it still sticks around a little bit with certain Christian films, this idea of let's, let's show them, you know, let's show them what they're missing and let's embrace these movies. Sometimes they're, they're really slick and really impactful, like the passion of the Christ. Other times I'll just say less so, but either way, there is that feeling of, we need to send them. That's the big thing. We need to send a message to Hollywood that, that we're an audience that deserves to be considered. Um, and, and I think the message has mostly been received. Like you get Sony buying pure flicks, uh, I feel like in the last year, even maybe just a few months ago and, and you have more films getting a green light and then you have a lot of studios sort of having their offshoot, uh, like their, their faith-based offshoot studios. And so I think it came like as the case with anything, I think, uh, Hollywood sort of forgot that the faith-based audience is an audience and that they can try to cater to them. Sometimes they do it. Sometimes they fail, like with Noah, a movie that I actually thought was pretty good, um, and Exodus, Gods and Kings, which I was back and forth on. Um, and so, like, there's this, it's been an interesting thing to see in the last 10, 10 to 15 years, like Hollywood trying to cater, not knowing how to cater, and then being like, you know what, these people over here seem to know, so we'll just give them money and they can do it, because we're, we're, we're out of ideas. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, I, I had this funny experience. Uh, the God King of the Daily Wire and I, Jeremy Boring, we co- collaborated sure. on a script uh, about Samson. 
and Noah came out. And I thought the problem with Noah to me was that God destroyed the world for environmental reasons <laughs> instead of yeah. reasons involving sin. And, you know, with, with uh, the God and Kings, uh, with the Moses picture, Christian Bale came out and said Moses was a terrorist. When we handed in the script to my agent, uh, he said, this is the best biblical script I've read in 20 years but bi- biblical scripts don't make money. And I said, well, they don't make money because you offend the people who are coming to see them. And it was almost as if Hollywood wanted to yeah. co-opt the Bible. I, I mean, there is, I, I guess what I'm trying to get to is, isn't there an actual hostility toward religion and toward the faith-based community uh, at, the, at some level of Hollywood? I would say at, at various levels, but not, but I don't think it's necessarily universal okay. either. I do think it's, I do think it's there though. Um, and I think, you know, it's probably not a great call again with Noah visually gorgeous, that sequence in which he's telling like the story of the creation, which is just like this long montage. It's some of the most beautiful filmmaking I've ever seen. But at the same time, if you're familiar with Darren Aronofsky, the filmmaker, he'd made like Requiem for a dream. And and then he had made after Noah, he made mother with an exclamation point, which is also a fascinating film, but one that is absolutely suspicious you know what? I won't even say suspicious. It's it's hostile towards religion yeah. um, as as audacious as it is. And I do think that uh, that, yeah, there there are people who are genuinely reluctant, if not just straight up stubborn about not wanting to embrace religion the way so many other the the more like devout people do. Like, yeah, we may put our, our own spin on it. We can do that. Uh, but, yeah, we certainly don't want to make something just straightforward. We don't want to make the Ten Commandments. We'll find some other way to come at it because, uh, God forbid or not, uh, we be this. We have anything in common with this group that we so seldom uh, disagree with on on many levels. So, you one of the things about the the people who are making religious pictures, the faith based pictures, is that. I, they tend to have a certain kind of sameness, a kind of, um, you know, a, a kind of blithe optimism about life. I mean, I, I, I saw uh, God is not dead and a guy, a guy gets hit by a car and they don't even like stop to say, gee, that's kind of tragic. It's like, oh, he's gone to heaven. Hurrah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they intersperse thought, his. Shouldn't you call the widow first? His death <laughs> scene. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, um, in a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I wrote for Daily Wire uh, like a year ago, uh, and I, I wrote a number of articles, and I pitched an article to them of the worst movies of the 2010s because <laughs> I had done an article of the best. Right. And I cite God's Not Dead as the worst uh, on a number of levels. As a Christian, I'd say it embarrasses me. As a film fan, it infuriates me. Um, but yeah, there is the the thing that tends to bother me about Christian film, and in, and in this documentary, I try to be as as fair to Christian film as I am able to be. Um, but, uh, what bothers me is I don't think anybody's doing it on purpose, but I think it's a dishonesty. I think it's people who say like, Hey, we need to sell this. We need to sell Christianity either to people who don't believe it, or we need to affirm the people that do believe it. And, and anytime you're trying to sell something, you're going to reduce it. You can't help it. And you're going to put as positive a spin on it as possible. And so it's this idea now, granted that character does die and go to heaven, but he's been an atheist all the way through the film, like a very outspoken atheist. So in a way, like, yes, on one hand, it's a victory, but on the other, uh, like it's a, it's a triumph for him, but it's also like, ha ha, see, (laughs) 
when the chips, you know, when the chips are down, this uh, hardcore atheist, he's going to agree with us. And it's just that sort of thing like the, uh, and I feel like it's starting to change even in the time since I put, uh, this documentary out where you start to see a little bit more acknowledgement that like, Hey, just because you believe this doesn't mean your life is going to go great. Like there, there's no guarantee of that. The Bible certainly doesn't guarantee it. It's simply guarantees you a deeper hope in order to get through that harder stuff. But I feel like a lot of films for a long time were like, well, that's not going to sell. So uh, let's let's uh, let's cheer this up a bit. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, there was a film that I kind of liked with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio called uh, Revenant. Uh, and I thought that, oh, that was, a, yes, I know. Yeah. A deeply religious film. And I wrote about it and I just got, I got lambasted. I mean, for weeks people were writing me hate mail. How could you call this religious film with all the violence and more yeah. language and all this stuff? What, what do you like in terms of current religious films? Are there films where you say like, yes, that's the direction we should be going? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Terrence Malick and I know that a lot of people aren't, he's not a story, even when he has a story to tell, he's not a story guy. Mm -hmm. He's a feeling guy. He's an ethereal guy. And he, whether it be with tree of life or most recently 2019, he made a hidden life, which I uh, loved. I absolutely loved it. It's almost three hours long. He gives it the epic treatment, even though it is the story of just one guy who refuses to, uh, it's man for all seasons esque in that regard he, he refuses to uh publicly support hitler uh even though there are some religious figures in his town that are that are good with that and as a result he winds up being put in jail and taken away from his family and it's a uh, it's a beaut it's a visually gorgeous film with wonderful acting and it really brings up this question because obviously from a faith standpoint we're very much in favor of living out our faith publicly but one thing that is said over and over again to him while he's in jail is no one is going to know about this. Mm -hmm. No one is going to be inspired by your story because it's not going to get out. And at the time, it didn't get out. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, it's out now. But so movies like that. And then I also find the movie First Reformed fascinating. It's very complex, as one would expect, because it's written and directed by Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver. And right. he wrote he wrote Last Temptation of Christ. So like there is good stuff being made right now that is as complex as it should be. And then I've also been hearing good stuff about Midnight Mass, but I haven't watched it yet. Everyone says it, that I should watch it, but I haven't, I haven't you know, gotten a chance to see it's it. It's funny. I started and I thought it was going to be, it was, I thought it was going to insult me. And then I started getting calls. That, no, no, it's really good. So I'm going to go back to it uh, and finish it. Tyler Smith and the film is called Real Redemption. Where can we see it? Uh, it is available on the Faith Life. It's a very small streaming service. The Faith Life TV streaming service. It's five bucks a month, uh, but don't. Don't tell anybody you can get you can get two weeks free if you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then just just uh, I know we got to we got to go. But I will say I actually have another documentary. I feel like you would find it interesting. It's called Valley of the Shadow, the spiritual value of horror. Oh, and so send, yeah. um, send me a copy. So we'll I'll, talk about that. I absolutely will. I absolutely right, it's great will. to see you, Tyler. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> 